listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So today, we want to deal with something. You saw the title. We're talking about deep thoughts on love. Really, we wanted to deal with this thought about how important it is um, to make sure that love is the main ingredient and this is not just this is not just about relationships this is talking about your Christian life how if you're going to see God move if you're going to see success in every area of life then the main ingredient that has to be present is love we're going to talk about how it impacts the supernatural how it impacts your personal uh, progress and promotion in the kingdom and how God set that up uh, for it to work. If you've listened to the broadcast for any period of time, you'll know that one of the things that I often teach is that self-control, I believe, is the most important of all nine fruit of the Spirit. I teach too. <laughs> we must be in deep love. Hey, deep love. Uh, <laughs> but it's absolutely true. The um, self-control, and the reason I say that is because all of the fruit of the Spirit are um, choices. They don't just randomly happen. You don't get saved and just randomly walk in love all the time. And so uh, self-control, without question, is, in my opinion, the most important fruit of the Spirit. However, the Bible tells us that love, faith, hope, and love are the three elements uh, that will last forever. But the greatest of these, Paul said, is love. And I'm sure we could say that's because God is love. And obviously there's nothing greater than God. So there's nothing greater than love and walking in love. But we see this all the time. I'm sure you have questions about it all the time that, you know, there's people that have prayer requests that just never seem to get answered. And they're like wondering how, why is this? Why do I not see prayers answered? And you know, why am I not seeing miracles? Why am I not seeing signs and wonders? There's people that get frustrated. They're not seeing breakthroughs. And uh, one of the first places you've got to look is uh, walking in love. Yeah, that is one of the the main things that I get. And, and people think, you know, all the other areas are fine. So what's the problem? And they start looking towards other things like, you know, it maybe maybe I'm doing it wrong here. Maybe I don't really truly believe in faith, though it's operated by love. We have to go to the root of it. Always have to go back to the root of something because it's never going to truly be fixed unless a root is taken care of. And so that's kind of where we got off doing our topic today was because we see so many people who are believing for things and they can't seem to quite get that breakthrough. They can't seem, they keep hitting their head on the ceiling. And uh, then you have to kind of step back and look and take a, uh, I would say, and the one thing that people don't like to do is take like an introspective look. It's hard. Yeah, it, Be- is, it is hard. It requires No one humility. wants to feel like they failed at something. Nobody no. wants to feel like they're doing bad at something. Everyone wants to always feel on the up and up. Right. But taking an introspective look at what's going on in yourself rather than always like uh, 
the other situation needs to change. The other person needs to change this and this and, and, and them, 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 them. If you're dealing with a relationship or, or you know, a different situation uh, is to step back and be like, wait a second. I need to take an introspective look because at the this is what I always discuss with Ted when this comes up because you know you, you're standing and believing with so many people you know we're green and we're praying with so many people and it, it you know you step back and you're like man I just I really want them to get this breakthrough I want them to get what they're believing God for but if we step back and look you know, we have to look at ourselves and be like, am I truly, truly, truly walking in love? Because right there is the root of it all, the, the root of it all. I know in, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And that really, you, you really have to keep that love walk <laughs> in your heart. Jesus never said it was going to be easy for, for the love walk. It, people will right. really test you in that <laughs> very much so in extreme mode. But he, when you stand before him, he's not going to say, well, it's one thing we're kind of teaching our kids right now. It doesn't matter if they did something on purpose to you or by accident. You are in control of your reaction. You're in control of your feelings. You are in control of how you handle the situation. It's like our biggest teaching moment right now for our kids. Right. Because I have a son who wants to get <laughs> very angry at somebody, whether it's on purpose or by accident. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're saying it doesn't matter. Your love walk, your self-control, your response is what matters. So when we stand before the Lord one day... He's only going to be asking about you and your decisions and your actions and how you handled stuff. And were you obedient? And did you walk in love? He's not going to say, well, so-and-so did do that. So you're going to get a pass. It's all going to be, you know, start start doing the introspective look now because you're going to get that when you get to heaven and you meet the Lord. So, I mean, just go ahead and get used to that feeling because when he's talking to you about it, it's all it's going to be all about you. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Lonnie said, what is the scripture? Uh, Proverbs chapter Proverbs 4, 4 23. verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart for from it flow the issues of life. So everything flows out of your heart. That's why it's so important to, as the Bible said, guard it. If you don't guard it, then the things that flow out of it, they're always going to be a combination of, of what you've allowed in. And um, that's why your decisions become so important. Because when you, for example, let me, let me break it down this way. Many people hear a verse like that and they think, well, that means don't watch bad movies or listen to bad music. That's part of it. But what about the thought process that, as my wife just said, if somebody does something to you, if somebody says something about you, now you have an opportunity that you can either just let it go, you can forgive them, or you can let it fester, you can get angry about it, you can hold a grudge about it, you can get bitter about it. Well, what that choice right there, that also deposits something into your heart. The moment you allow bitterness, anger, all those things to just take root, you are depositing those things into your heart. The devil doesn't deposit them into your heart. It is our choice to become offended, to become bitter, to become angry 
We put those things in our heart and then we hold them there. We keep them there and then they fester. And then what ends up happening is my heart is now filled with unforgiveness. It's filled with bitterness. It's filled with anger. It's filled with jealousy. It's filled with pride. And so now when I uh, begin to make choices and release things from my heart, where's it going to come from? It's going to come from the ingredients that I've already put in. It's going to come out of a place of unforgiveness. It's going to come out of a place of bitterness. It's going to come out of a place of greed and envy and jealousy and pride. And so what ends up happening is even when you start to um, deal with people that may have not done anything to you, they may not have done anything to you. It's a fresh relationship. But now I am reacting to them in a way that I'm cultivated from things that happened in previous relationships. Probably the easiest way to look at this is like, say a, a man or a woman uh, gets a new romantic relationship, right? And they've been in previous relationships and they start to make decisions and choices in their new relationship that, is, that are governed by things that happened to them in previous relationships, even though that person didn't do any of them. You know, you might've come out of a, a verbally abusive relationship, or you maybe come out of, uh, you know, some whatever problem and you carry it over and then you begin to uh, treat that person as though you expect them to abuse you verbally. Well, where did that come from? Things you've kept in your heart, things that you've allowed to stay there. So now, even though I've got a perfectly uh, pure and brand new relationship, I'm bringing those old things into the new one because I've kept them in my heart to now sow as seeds into the new relationship that I'm in. And so the key becomes there. That's why it says guard your heart because you'll carry those things around with you and they will govern your actions and they'll govern your words. And ultimately they'll define your new environment. Isn't it funny when you're just talking, I mean, not that you're talking this funny, but uh, I was thinking, you know, how all throughout the Bible it says um, to love your enemies. So then it like goes to show you that you, you're not, you're supposed to love because it's a command. And then it's also a choice. I love that example you always say about the husband and wife in the car ride. And, and you said, uh, how does it go? Like, um, or, or did they tell somebody? Was it a car ride scenario or did they tell somebody? And you said, you, you, you love your wife because you make that choice. It was the pastor that had his, a guy in his church come in to, to, counsel with him because he said, I don't love my wife anymore. Right. And you said, and and the pastor said to him, go home. And he said, what should I do? The pastor said, go home and love her. Yeah. And so it's interesting because he says throughout the Bible to love your enemies and it's a command to love. So therefore it goes to show you that the, even though the person on the other side isn't showing you love or uh, giving you what you, what you need and desire, it doesn't make it well, well, that person isn't showing me, so now I'm not going to show them, or that person isn't giving me what I need, so now it's like, no. If he's telling you to even love your enemies, then it's a command to love regardless the other person's behavior whatsoever. I'm not saying that it's going to suck. I'm not saying that it's going to make you uh, feel bad and you have the opportunity to be hurt. It's just, there's, there's definitely going to be things that you're going to have to work harder at 
with the word of God than others. That's just what it is. But it's all doable. He's given us the victory. He's given us the strength over all of those struggles. That's why we are big on the struggle is over. We don't have to live through these struggles, but we do have to prepare ourselves and lay a foundation where when these times that are harder for others, you know, Ted and I don't have to work on that part as much. We really do have our love walk down together. But there are other people we know that do have to work on that a little bit harder. And so you've got to really go after that foundation and realize that it is a command. If he's telling me I have to love my enemies, then I have to love so-and-so regardless if they're showing me love too. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what somebody else says or does. But but I know people get into that. No, they do. Relationships, becomes, friendships, marriages. They're like, yeah. uh, well, I love that person, and I do that for them, and you know that stuff you hear. Well, I'm 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 good. I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm a good wife. I'm a good friend. I'm a good coworker. I'm good this. But then you know they feel like if the other person's not showing it to them, then we're done. It's at a loss. And again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the other person has done or is doing. One of the greatest things I heard from this on this subject was this. Um, if somebody, it, they're two separate events. <laughs> Lee said, but if you have struggles, his love is deeper. That's right. There are, uh, <laughs> there, are two, there are two actions. You have, number one, someone chooses to make an offense or have an offense. They do something against you. They've, they've crossed that breach. They've breached that boundary. Make an offense. But the second action is, now that that's been done, I can choose whether or not I will be offended. They've already created or made an offense, but now I am going to decide whether or not I'll be offended. Just because somebody uh, created or made an offense does not mean that you have to be offended. And this is where the power in your own personal relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit brings you into victory no matter what other people do. Because see, it becomes regardless of what they said, regardless of what they've done, regardless of how they talked about you behind your back and regardless of whatever breaches there were, you still have the choice. Now, it doesn't mean, as Carolyn said, it doesn't mean your flesh isn't going to rise up and want to get angry. doesn't mean your soul won't be hurt, but you have the power by the Holy Ghost to say, yes, they did it. I'm not going to be offended about it. I mean, think about Christ, you know, on the cross. They have already wrongfully accused him. They've already wrongfully beaten him beyond recognition. They've already wrongfully beaten his back until it was in shreds. And they've wrongfully nailed his hands and feet into a cross to kill him. And he looks down and says, oh, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) I mean, like, how much further can you go than uh, outright torture and murder. And Christ looks down and says, Lord, forgive them. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> and so that's the key. You begin to realize that there are tons of people that don't know what they're doing. They've got no idea. They're emotionally shallow. They're emotionally immature. They just do things because they've never been trained. They've never had any uh, impartation. They've never had anybody help them. They've never had anybody show them. Uh, They've grown up in toxic relationships. They've grown up with no parents in the home or whatever. And you're going to start to realize there are people that don't know what they're doing. 
And you have, you have to be that person like Christ that says, Lord, just forgive them because they have no idea. They don't even know that that's how they are. There's people that that's just true. are walking drama and they don't even understand that about themselves. They don't even know. They're blind to themselves and they think it's everyone else's problem. It's your problem. And see, the problem is they they don't recognize it. And so you say, Lord, just forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even recognize that they have a problem. And um, I think it was uh, Kennedy that had a question up above. Uh, Draven, if you could scroll back just a little bit in the comments. Um, Kennedy said, or asked the question, right there it is. What if it's an old relationship, you've gotten hurt, and now you're trying to restore that relationship, but you still have baggage from the past hurt? This is where it's important that you have to put your flesh under. You're doing your very best to uh, suppress those, um, you know, natural <laughs> feelings and that what your flesh would say. And you truly have to walk in forgiveness and say, you know what? I'm not going to hold those things against that person. I'm not going to allow those things to stand between me and peace with somebody, me and love with somebody, me and joy with somebody. So you know what? I'm going to forgive it and Truly forget it and you know, watch what God will do. Elsa was on to something. <laughs> Let, Let it, it go. go. Let it go. <laughs> Dylan said, walking drama is my mother-in-law's middle name. <laughs> Mike Laval just dropped a bomb on us. Spiritual yahoos. Very interesting. You know, um, I always think of this story when you talk about offense because it's not that First of all, Jesus had plenty of opportunities to be offended. <laughs> plenty. He was very much hated. More hated than, than us all right now. So you might think you have it bad, but you weren't Jesus. And so he was offended, but he also offended people. Yeah. He also offended people. But look, uh, this story, I always get reminded of offense and how by not being offended... By taking that moment in your mind to suppress that offense and walk in love, it made this woman's faith work and she got her miracle. Over in Mark 7, the Gentile woman, you guys know it because it's, you know, she's asking for a miracle uh, for her daughter and... Um, uh, was filled with demons, so she was being tortured, and only like a mom can do, <laughs> she goes to the master. And at this time, you know, Jews and Gentiles, different there, and she was a Gentile, and, and the Jews, and so the Jews were seen as, you know, the chosen people, and so Gentiles were second then. But she said in this moment, I'll start with uh, verse 26, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian, I don't know how to say that. Syrophoenicia. Syrophoenicia. He's my professional Bible name guy. Jesus told her, first, I should feed the children, the Jews, okay? So uh, my own family. Isn't it right? Is, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Okay, so he's saying, for, you're not even first in line. So, and you're asking me, okay, whoop. And us women know how to be offended. And then she was called a dog, okay? Jesus was like really sticking it to her in this moment. So think about it. He said, um, first of all, like 
think about it with like a little bit of an attitude. Uh, you're not even first and you're a dog. And so she had this moment. How bad do you want your breakthrough? How bad do you want your miracle? How bad do you want to stay in faith? Think about a situation you're going through right now. How bad do you want it? Can you take that offense and completely abolish it? Can you squash it? Can you walk in love as commanded? Because this woman did, and she was offended by the master himself. And she was able to get her miracle because it said, she replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. So in that moment, instead of offense, she had a revelation. Instead of offense, her faith rose up outside of her and it impressed Jesus. He, she had every opportunity, every opportunity to storm out of there mad like most of us would do. Huff and puff, slammed a door. Well, I'm never going back to the master. I'm never going back. He called me a dog. I'm second in line. I'm never going back. And then that moment, a lot of people do from offense, like a lot of people leave church. I didn't like what I heard. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. I'm never going back. I'm never going back. And then they wonder why they never see miracles in their life again. And they never receive from the Lord. And they never walk in love because of situations like that. So that's another reason the Bible says, slow to speak. Slow to speak. Because you need a moment. That Holy Spirit, you need the moment to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice to get you to say the right thing and to walk away in love. Right. And because of that, he said, good answer. Now go home for the demon has left your daughter. So in that moment, her offense, there's always a, two, a fork in the road. She could have gone this way and not received her miracle and her daughter could have been killed by demons filling her body. But instead, she pushed that down and she said, I don't care what was said to me. I'm going to continue to believe, walk in love. And with that, I believe gave her that good answer in order to receive that miracle. The other thing, too, is when you take the moment she was talking about and you refuse to become offended, one thing that's happened for me multiple times is that it gives you an opportunity to minister to that person because I'll notice if somebody's like off, you know, their, their personality's off, their, their emotions are off and they may respond to you and it has nothing to do with you. Here's, here's something that people rarely talk about. Somebody may respond to you and how they're responding to you has absolutely nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with something else they're dealing with in their life. You know, that's why I, I, I'm very sensitive to this. You know, we go, to, I told you the story about uh, last week about me and Pastor Brian Toms when we went into that restaurant and we could tell something was up with that. The girl that was waiting on us, she was a little bit, seemed like she was a little bit, uh, you know, put off. And it, all it really was, was the fact that she had uh, a whole semester of, uh, what do you call it, uh, tuition, to pay the next day. She'd moved to town. She's working this all these shifts to get money to pay her bills. She's got, I think she told us, a daughter at home to take care of. She's got all this stress on her shoulders to make life work out. And somebody gets a little short with you at the table, and you and you, <laughs> and you think, well, oh, I can't believe I'm even eating in this establishment. I'm never coming back here. It's like, look a little, look a little deeper. I mean, you're a Christian. Let the discerning of spirits work a little bit in your life. <laughs> like what's going on with this person? It's not, you just sat down. 
So it can't have anything to do with you. Something's going on. And if you'll be sensitive in those moments, because here's the deal. If you'll be sensitive in those moments and realize and, and, and you have to be bigger than the situation to do this, but you'll recognize, you know what? There's something going on with this girl that's deeper than, you know, that she has to work her job. And we did that. We, we, we pressed in on it. What's going on? What are you doing? And she's, oh, I'm sorry. I just have tuition due tomorrow. And I've got all these bills. And I got a daughter home. And we just started putting money. I mean, Pastor Brian's put it last week. We didn't stop. We didn't stop putting money on the table until she was weeping. And this girl totally, it turned her around. Because I could either get messed up, look at the service in this place, this TGI Fridays. I can't believe it. I'm out of here. Let's go somewhere else. I could have got mad and said, I don't, I don't deserve to be treated short, short attitude by this waitress or let the discerning of spirits work. What's going on in her life? What is she dealing with? Where does she need help? How can you as a Christian minister to the person who needs a touch from God? You carry the anointing in you. How can you help them where they're at? And if we'll do a little bit of that discernment, think about it. There's people, there are people who are reacting in certain ways. And truthfully, it's not always about you. It's not all about me. Yeah. It's it's about what's going on in their life. They got a terrible marriage. They got uh, you know family that's just knuckleheads. They got kids that are acting wild. They're trying to work three jobs to make ends meet. All these things are happening. And all these things that are going on, and we think, well, it's about me. How could they treat me? It ain't about us. Look a little deeper yeah. and see how can I minister to somebody who needs a touch from God. Obviously, something's happening here. What can I do? I've talked to people that I kind of know, and I'll be like, I'll notice something's off. And I'll say, what's up, man? You you know, you need to talk about it? What, or, or, you know, you know I, sometimes I'll just give somebody a hug. You know, it's like, and you say, oh, that's pretty shallow. I mean, that's, that's pretty elementary. No, there's people. Let me just tell you something I've learned from being a minister for 20 years. People aren't loved. They need love. I'm just telling you, there's people that are looking for it. Yeah. They don't get it. They don't get it at home. That's why I tell people like, you it's know, you come to worse. church, church ought to be a place where you are encouraged by the word of God. Right. People are talked down to all week long. People are smacked around all week long. People are uh, cussed out all week long. People go through crap all week long. They don't need to come to church and get beaten with a rod every week. Now, listen, I, I understand that there are people uh, who need correction. No question about it. One of the jobs of a minister is to bring correction. But if you're every single Sunday morning, you're talking down to the people and everything's always a whiplash Sunday. Let me tell you something. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a mistake and it's a problem. The Bible teaches us that we are supposed to uplift the saints. We're supposed to exhortation, edification, and correction. Notice that. Exhortation, edification, and correction. So literally, there are so many people that need to be built up. They need to be encouraged in faith. They need to be strengthened. They need to be, uh, people need to understand you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. You're not, the devil's not going to take you out. You're going to, you're going to be okay. God's got your back. Keep, stay faithful. The Lord's watching out for you. They need to hear the Lord loves you. He's got blessings for you if you'll be faithful. And um, the thing I'm noticing is so many people are hurting and they need help. And um, 
That's that's part of what we're called to do as believers. If we'll just be sensitive and to sensitive to people's needs, that takes us getting outside of ourselves and our little routine and our I got to run into the store, I got to run out, I got to get this, I got to go. Just stop for a minute and and fi- figure it out what is it that this person needs? What is it that this person is looking for? How can I be a minister in this bed bath and beyond or wherever you might be? How can I touch this person's life and touch this person's heart? Can I stop and pray with this person? You know, maybe you're at the airport flying somewhere and the person begins to cry and tell you that they've got problems going on in their life and you're just trying to check your bag. I'm not talking to anybody specific. I'm just saying maybe that's the case. And you know, man, I should pray for this person. I should lay hands on this person. I should help. And, uh, you know, always be aware that there's, there's people that are way on the anointing that's on the inside of you. And you are equipped, fully equipped to help and heal your generation. In fact, I want you to put that in the comments. I am fully equipped to help and heal my generation. Put it in. I am fully equipped to help and to heal my generation. Well, and that's the key. People do that because they can feel that love of Jesus inside Yes, of they you. can. They're not just crying to anybody. They're not just coming, mm-hmm. you know, for a word of encouragement to anybody. The There's anointing pulls it out of them. They're drawn to you. That's the whole, <laughs> that happened to Jesus everywhere. Since he, you know, was the embodiment of love walking on earth, why do you think everybody like was like, whoosh, he was yep. like a magnet. Whoosh. And so that's why, you know, his authority was strong. His, you know, he operated obviously by miracles and great faith. And it was his love walk that attracted so many people because, you know, since, since sin entered the world, people are, have been dying and searching for something better. You know, people may not have ever heard Jesus the way we know it, but they, they, they know there's something I mean, people know that there's something better and they're searching for it. And you are the person filled with that anointing, filled with that love to, to be that to someone. You know, in Colossians 3.13, it says, make room for each other's faults. So we already have to go into any relationship, any friendship, any, anything, any day, going into the restaurant, having your server, knowing that Make room for someone's faults. We've all been in that moment where our flesh has started to boil up over and we need people to to give us a little bit of room too. So think about it when everything's fine on your end and you encounter a a time. Don't let that person's uh, wiggle room in that moment take you out of love, joy, peace, patience. You start to impart it to them and bring them back around. Yeah, absolutely right. There's a type of love that we're talking about. Uh, We're even commanded as husbands and wives to love one another, but Paul makes it clear how we're supposed to love one another. And he points back to Christ's love as the picture of how we're supposed to love one another. I don't know if you have it there, Ephesians, uh, where it's talking about Ephesians chapter five, uh, about loving. You have that? Mm Mm-hmm. Read that right there, starting starting in verse 21. Listen to how this is worded. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. 
He is the savior of his body and church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Catch it. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Yep. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle there it is. or any other blemish. That's it. And, and notice the love there. It is a selfless love. Uh, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. You see that? It's a selfless love. It's a giving of yourself. You may have to give your time. I don't have time to stick around here and talk to this person. Take time. Take time. It might turn their whole day around, which might end up turning their life around. You know, you've heard me tell the story when I was running out of the Walmart uh, in the middle of the night, <laughs> about midnight, we got back from a, a trip and I was going to do some grocery shopping when there was no lines. Or Instacart. I, yeah, there was no Instacart back then. <laughs> and um, met that guy in the parking lot who asked me for help. He had just gotten out of prison, needed money to get his car out of the impound. I don't know if it was a scam or not. I don't, I don't know what it was, but the Lord told me to help him. And I stood there and talked to him and his wife in their truck and I prayed with them, led them to Jesus. They're crying. Tears are hitting the floorboards. And literally, their whole night was turned around. The whole life was turned around because I wasn't one of these persons that's going to just scoop it. Sorry, I don't have anything and run into Walmart to get a couple groceries. But to be sensitive and say, you know what? This man needs help. He needs a touch from the Holy Ghost. And people are going to be all around you. I'm seeing people putting uh, things in the in the comments. Lena just put uh, a story. These people have testimonies like this. That when God is moving in your life, you have a knowing because you know the Holy Ghost. You know the Holy Ghost. And if, if you don't walk this way, if you, allow, if you allow things to completely hinder you, it will stop your faith from working. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, uh, it's not about circumcision or uncircumcision, but it's about faith which works by love. So love is the fuel that causes your faith to work. It is impossible. It is impossible to be outside of love and in faith at the exact same time. You can't, in fact, I want you to write that down because it's so big. You can't be outside of love and in faith at the same time. Doesn't work like that. Because if you're outside of love, if you're not walking in love, Faith cannot work. Faith works by love. And, and really, if you think about it this way, the only two co uh, commands we have in the New Testament are love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're outside of love, whether you're not walking in love toward God or you're not walking in love towards somebody that's you know on the earth, how is your faith going to work if you are constantly breaking the commands of Christ? And so walking in love is foundational. It is foundational to seeing the impossible become possible. Anybody that you see that does great things for God, they're not ever they're not holding grudges against people. They're people who forgive. I've been around so many mighty men and women of God. They are people who forgive. You don't hear them sitting around uh, bickering and moaning and, and gossiping about what other people are doing and what their problem is. I, all the powerful men and women of God I've met are people of love and people that forgive 
and people that treat people right. And God can use that. That's how it works. Did you have a scripture you want to read? Oh, uh, I, I, when, whenever you're done. I was just thinking of John 20 because I talked about it last week. And then you mentioned it earlier today about having the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive. And so last week when I was talking about he, you know, because he can do it, I can do it too, which, hey, that works for this too, because he can do it, I can do it too. The song that I'm always talking about in the last like two weeks of my broadcast is, you know, if he could walk in love when everybody hated him and everyone talked about him and everyone wanted to crucify Jesus, you surely can walk in love when you're having, you know, a bad relationship. But in John 20, 22, it says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You got to ask God with that power that he literally breathed inside of you to forgive. So many people right now, you know, it could be you watching, you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm needing a breakthrough in this area. I'm needing a healing in my body and I'm not seeing it. Why, Lord? I, I, I know I believe your word. I believe in healing. I believe in increase. I believe in walking in, you know, divine, you know, what, what you're believing for. But why am I not seeing it? Now is a good time to pause and think, well, is there anything I have in my heart that's not forgiving? Am I holding bit right. bitterness towards somebody? Is there unforgiveness? Am I upset with the way I've been treated? Am I holding on to that? Am I ready to give up on that person? That would be a sign of I am not walking in love. And that's what we started saying. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because it goes to show you in Ephesians that we just read. There is a proper way. Mm -hmm. There is a way that works that a husband and a wife are supposed to be with each other. And if it's not done that way, there are going to be some harder moments. That just, you know, he gave us a manual. You know, so we don't really have to wander around this earth wondering, like, how should a marriage look like? How should I raise my kids? What is he going to do for us? Is he going to provide for us? Can I walk around in healing? Absolutely. There's yes to everything because he literally gave us the holy word of God that it says is alive, active, powerful. It, it, it's words directly from God himself in this book as our life manual. So things will be off if they're not done correctly. But there's always hope. There's nothing that's too far from God. There's not a moment that can't be changed. But by being filled with the Holy Spirit, asking God now, listen, I need to forgive. I need you to truly help me forgive. And I need my heart guarded. I need to walk in love because, you know, I, I, I've seen it so much in the last few years where husbands and wives have been off in that and it's been de detrimental to different things in their life. Just being true and real here. And I always say to Ted, I'm like, you know what? It, it stems back to love. Like love is a very important, sometimes we brush it off. We think Valentine's Day, that's it. Love, ooh, big red hearts, done and move on. But it, it's a key, it's a serious key to your life to receive the blessings of God and to walk in what he has for us in our covenant. I want you to think about it because even when you go to the place of making the impossible possible, miracles, we're talking about miracles now. 
We can confess wonders all day long. Yeah. We can talk about divine possession all day long. But but let's let's look at what the word of God says because even when the disciples started to point out, look, Jesus, the supernatural things that you commanded are coming to pass. And that's what happens. I'm going to read you a few verses in Mark chapter 11 because that's what happened. Because when they saw coming back, uh, they saw the fig tree that had withered after his command for it to die and never produce figs again. Um, Listen to this, Mark 11 and verse 20, I'll read you through 20 through 25, six verses. And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Now look, Jesus launches into a teaching here for his disciples about making the impossible possible. Look at this. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Most people stop right there and start shouting and confessing. But move on till Jesus is done speaking. He's got something (laughs) else to say. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. Verse 25, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So notice Jesus is not done teaching on this subject of faith and the impossible and the supernatural and miracles until he wraps it up with, if you are believing, if you are confessing, if you are standing, then you've got to forgive. If you have anything against anyone, it's a silent killer. And so what ends up happening is... That's a good point. Silent killer. It's a silent killer. Because it's, it's not actually... Think about this. It's not actually something you're doing... It's something you're not doing. That's why you can call it the silent killer because you're not out robbing banks. You're not out murdering people. You're not out. It's none of that. It's things you're not doing. Yeah. And uh, we talked about this. Um, there are sins of commission and sins of omission. Sins of commission are things you're committing, things you're doing. Tell us what that means, Brother Tim. Yeah, but things, <laughs> sins of omission, things you omitted, <laughs> things you're not doing. Right. So when you do something that is a uh, indirect contradiction to what the word of God tells you to do, you're committing a sin. But you can also have sin in your life by things you choose not to do. And this would be one of those things. I choose not to forgive. Well, when I choose not to forgive, I am not doing something I should be doing. And it's silent because no one can see it happen. It's happening in your heart. You can walk around with a smile on your face and you can walk around, you can go to church and lift your hands for the worship and you can get there and get something out of the message and it's still right there. No one else can see it but the Lord. It's right here because you're still worshiping, you're still lifting your hands, you're still giving, you're still praying, you're still doing all those things, but it's in here sitting in your heart, festering, unforgiveness, unforgiveness, anger, frustration, all these things that you've never let go and then that's why it gets so frustrating for people because they're tithing, they're giving, right. they're praying, 
They're going to church faithfully. They're praising. They're worshiping. They believe the word. They've got faith. Why why aren't my miracles coming to pass? Because the thing no one can see, it's in your heart. And you won't forgive people. And the fact that you won't forgive is keeping you in a place where the impossible can't become possible. You might have faith, but your faith can't work because you don't have love. It's like, put, I got tons of gas in the tank. Why won't my car go anywhere? Because you've removed the engine from the, from the car. The engine's not in there anymore. So it doesn't matter how much gas is in the tank right. because when you turn the key, nothing's going to happen. And there's people, you could have all kinds of faith in your tank, but if the engine of love is taken out of the vehicle, then the car's not going anywhere. And there's a lot of people, this is why I tell you that when these are the kinds of, let me, let me give you a teaching moment here that'll help you for the rest of your life. These are the unseen things in the lives of men and women that cause others. If you don't understand this, you'll change your theology when people don't get their prayers answered. Well, I guess it's not for everybody. I mean, that was the most faithful man I ever knew. He was in church every Sunday. That was, I mean, they were a generous giver. I mean, they believed, they shouted the preacher down. I mean, they read, they knew the word of God. And so that's what people do. And, but they still died of this disease or they, they died of that. And that's how people judge things on the outward appearance. Right. Well, you know, they go to church every Sunday, but they still had it. You know, they give, but they still, st- and, and they, they basically, but what they don't understand is there are internal reasons why a, pe- a person's prayers may not be answered or why their miracle may not come. And you can't look at the outward and say, oh, well, they do everything right. I guess God just doesn't do it for everybody. You don't know the inside. You don't know their heart. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. All we ever see of people is the mask that they put on that they want us to see when they're in public. Even husbands and wives that, you know, in other in other uh, environments, they smile at each other and they'll sit with each other and they're happy and all that. But you don't know what goes behind the scenes of these broadcasts. <laughs> no, she abused me before this broadcast began. And it was verbal abuse, and I'm outing it right now. I'm the whistleblower. I am the whistleblower. Come and take her away. Well, you have a big whistle, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look how big this whistle is. Um, but but it's true. And we, we know it. People sit there and they'll smile, and they'll attend dinners together, and it looks like everything's fine. And they get home, and it's, you know, drywall coming down because there's <laughs> fighting, there's screaming, things are being thrown. Nobody knows it because it's behind closed doors. So true. And they say, well, I don't, I don't know why they don't have a miracle. They're the most faithful people I know. Because you don't know everything. That's why we never, ever establish our doctrine based upon the experiences of other people. Our doctrine is established by the word of God. If the word of God teaches it, that's what we believe. I know that's like a basic statement. And, you know, and I was raised in church and I've always you know, felt my faith strong. But when you truly get that thought in your head, because, you know, you're always going to know somebody that, what? Leslie said, that sounded like a girl Chewbacca when I did the whistle. (laughs) (laughs) That you're always going to go through life knowing people that love the Lord that passed away, that shouldn't have passed away. Yes. Is going through struggles that should not be struggling. And they're good Christians and love the Lord and speak faith. 
But it, this, this guy right here helped me with that thought. When you truly get that revelation to light up in your head saying, you know, I'm not going to let, it doesn't hit me as hard as it used to. Of course, I have compassion for the situation and I feel bad if someone goes on early, you know, to be, to be in heaven. But it didn't hit me like I used to because, like it used to, because I realized like, you're right. We can't, we just have to literally believe and focus on the word of God because we know that he's not a man and he doesn't lie. And we know that his word is yes and amen. And we know that it's the absolute truth. And so when you have those three things running through your head, you realize that, yeah, you know, we don't know everything and you're just going to have to say, I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You don't know everything. So never judge what you can receive from God based upon what someone else received. Even if they look, well, their life looks so perfect. Don't ever judge what you can receive from God based on what someone else received. You trust his word, you trust him, and you don't ever judge God's nature based on somebody else, what they've received. God's nature is not based on that. It's based on what his word says about him. That's how we judge and know God's nature, by what he said in his word. And if people don't receive his name, you know, it's like me. Uh, There's times, for me and Carolyn, there's times we've wanted to bless people and they didn't want to be blessed. No lie. Think about that for a minute. There's times we've wanted to bless people. They're like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. We've had to try to buy dinner, try to buy them a gift, different things. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. They can't receive it. So imagine if we judged God the way that situation turned out. Well, you know, Ted and Carolyn didn't buy that gift for that person. I guess Ted and Carolyn aren't generous. No, Ted and Carolyn tried to buy the gift for that person and the person didn't receive it. Has nothing to do with my nature or her nature. Has to do with their nature. You see what I mean? So you can't judge God and say, well, that person didn't get healed. So I guess God's not a healer. No, he's a healer. It's just that they didn't receive it. I don't judge God on somebody else's nature. I judge him on his nature, what his word says about him, not about what somebody else received from him because people are imperfect. And so if you try to let imperfect people define your perfect God, there's going to be problems. You're going to have, you're going to have to do doctrinal gymnastics in order to believe what you believe (laughs) once you get down looking at everybody's situation. Exhausting. It's exhausting. It really is. And I refuse to do it. That's why I don't look at people's lives. You know what I mean? It's like people get all bent out of shape. Well, did you see that Miles Monroe, his plane crashed and he died in a plane crash. It's like God couldn't protect him. Oh, yeah. So now I'm going to just believe that God doesn't always protect everybody because of the fact that somebody died in a plane crash that preached faith. Let me tell you something. You don't know the warnings he may have gotten ahead of time. I know some of them. I know some of them. And people think that they're operating in faith by just doing whatever they want. And sometimes it's just foolishness. Sometimes you didn't use wisdom. And because you didn't use wisdom, things happen that shouldn't have happened. It has happened more than one time. So I'm not going to base my whole thought about God's nature based upon somebody's story, somebody's lifestyle. Right. You don't know. What if there was a prophet that called somebody and said, don't take that flight? What if the Holy Ghost spoke to somebody and said, don't take off on this flight? Well, I mean, there's all kinds of things. What if they just got a natural report from the tower and said, listen, it's not safe to take off uh, where you're going. So if I were you, I wouldn't take the take off with the plane. And they did anyway. You see what I mean? So you don't ever judge God's nature based on someone's story because you don't know the whole story. 
I can only go by what his word says, and right. that's it. Absolutely. It's absolutely it. And don't allow, don't allow these things that other people do, that many times they don't even know they're doing them because that's how messed up people are, to change your whole future because now you've got unforgiveness. Now you've got all these things in your heart that you're now you're struggling and it wasn't even your thing. They did it. And they, because you chose to respond to what they did, now you've got something you're dealing with. Don't allow it. Guard your heart above all else, for from it flow the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23. You see, love is so vital because it will determine if you can have miracles, if you can walk in the power of God, how you will treat others, how you'll walk in relation to God. I mean, I'll give you one more that we quote often. John 14, 23, or excuse me, John 14, 21. Jesus said, it's the ones who have his commandments and obey them. They are the ones that love him. And because they love him, his father will love them. He will love them and he will manifest himself to them. So notice this. If we don't love others as we're commanded to do, then we're not obeying his commands. So we should not ever expect to receive the manifestations of Christ the blessings of Christ, the revelation of Christ, if we refuse to obey his word. And his word tells us to walk in love. And one of the biggest things that happens around the holidays is that these feelings get stirred back up again. You know, sadly, the holidays is one of the times where people get the most depressed. They deal with emotions and feelings the most. It brings back thoughts about family that's treated them wrong and all these. Sometimes families are estranged and all these different things. And some people don't like the holidays. Some people really struggle. But we're going to pray today. We're going to pray by the power of God that whatever it was that the enemy tried to send to you to get into your heart, to fester in your heart, it's leaving you today. You're going to let it go and move forward by faith And in forgiveness and walking in love. Forgiveness and walking in love. Father, I pray for every person watching, all those listening today in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, that whatever this is, maybe it's an offense, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's jealousy, maybe whatever it is that the enemies tried to use to plant in their heart. I pray, Lord, just as you're able to heal cancer, just as you're able to raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind, I ask you to remove every one of these things from their heart in Jesus' mighty name. I take authority over bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and envy and all these problems. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, heal their heart. Renew their mind by the power of your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that whatever they have against someone else would be forgiven. Lord, I'm asking you to restore marriages today. Lord, husbands and wives that are struggling, as we as we said earlier, that on the outside they present a, a good uh, facade, but on the inside they're struggling. On the inside they're broken. I pray in Jesus' name that you would touch their marriage. I pray that you would touch their relationship. Restore homes in Jesus' name. Bring the love and the peace and the joy back by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm telling you, what what do we say we're doing? We're putting ourselves in position to be blessed by God in this new year. We are just getting everything in line 
right. with his word so that we can launch. And I already told you yesterday, we're not waiting for January 1 to launch. We're starting now. We're starting now. Love you, Dylan. If you receive that prayer today, you believe it, throw some fire in the comments, throw some hands up. We're starting now. And it's going to be a pow- it's going to be the most powerful year we've ever seen. I've got such an expectancy. But I'm not done. We've got the rest of November and we've got December to see wonders take place. And we're going to see it in Jesus mighty name. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to see it in Jesus mighty name. Before we go today, take a minute, sow that seed that the Lord is speaking to you to sow. Let me say this as well. I've been encouraging you that what what are you laughing in my head? Go ahead. She's got funny thoughts, folks. I've been encouraging you that uh, <laughs> I was going to read the paper. <laughs> I, I, uh, I we've been encouraging you that my wife and I are doing the same thing. You know what's crazy? I was telling them yesterday we've sown um, the largest seeds again this year that we've ever sown, largest one-time seed and the largest yes. total amount. Seeds where I was like, I would, I would tell Ted, I go, Ted, the Lord better respond quickly. Oh, yeah, we sowed seeds that, like, that seriously. That hurt at the moment. Yeah, you feel it. Did. it. You feel it. You're like, Your okay. flesh feels it. I know it's right. I know the Lord's asking me. But at the same time, I'm having trouble writing this out. <laughs> you know when your hand starts to shake writing the check? That you got a serious, you got that flesh getting out of the way. Praise God, Ed. We're praying and believing with you. But you know what? It holds true to what Pastor Terry had said a long time ago. If you feel it leaving, you're going to feel it when it comes back. And I felt that. You felt that go. And we felt the return. Yep. My, My uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, said that once. I'll never forget it in regards to sowing seed. Talking about not sowing something insignificant. Something that's, you know, flippantly just, he said, if you feel it when it goes, you will feel it when it comes back. That's right. If you feel it when it goes, you will feel it when it comes back. And it absolutely has. And it does. And we're not done. My wife and I, Carolyn, we've put together, (laughs) in case you're wondering who my wife is, it's Carolyn. Um, (laughs) It's Carolyn. Um, We're... We've got a we've got an offering yet to give that we've not even released yet for this new year that we're going to sow on New Year's Eve that is going to be a very large seed, very large seed. And that's why we're encouraging you to do the same. Maybe you've not ever done that. Maybe you've not ever sowed something that you could feel it when it left. I'm encouraging you to get yourself in position for the new year. One of the things I taught on five things you need to do before the new year hits. I taught that yesterday. One of them is get seed in the ground. Get seed in the ground. And you'll see God do great things. So I'm encouraging you and challenging you to get a seed in your hand ready to go before this year ends and sow a seed that moves God's hand. Faith said, will you be on tomorrow? Yes. We're just not on Thursday. And I'll be back Friday after Thanksgiving and tomorrow as well. But sow a seed that will move the hand of God. And I've got to go home and walk in love. <clears throat> Even though she abuses me before the broadcast. Make up Amen. What would you say? <laughs> Make up love. Make up. <laughs> Hope said, I pray for more seed. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. That's right, Hope. Frank said, get a room. 
We love you guys. Don't forget today, brand new episode of the Last Gen Podcast dropped today. How you can create your future with your tongue, meaning your words. Um, and, and listen, if you have not shared these with people in your family, students, college age, high school age, middle school age, I'm telling you, share it and subscribe. If you've not, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, jump on, subscribe, and the Instagram account that just dropped the.last.gen yep. on Instagram. Be a part of it. Jump on there uh, and follow that account. We're going to be doing stuff on there that's going to be interactive. It's going to be so good. For everybody that's sewing uh, this month, my father's brand new book, The Camels Are Coming. Uh, that's our gift to those of you that are standing with us in partnership. This is his uh, first edition of the uh, teaching on the gifts of the spirit. There's another volume coming. This is volume one. This will change your life. Every believer has the ability to walk and operate in the gifts of the spirit. So if you want to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, and uh, we'll get it to you as quickly as possible. And thank you to everybody that's sewing. We love you and we appreciate you very much. And I love and appreciate Carolyn. Diane, I hope Lisa's book is better than her theology on healing. So I don't really know what she says about forgiveness, but I wasn't a fan of her when I went to her meeting on healing. We didn't see eye to eye on what the Bible says about that. Yeah. So <laughs> A lot of people with bad doctrine when it comes to healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You got to have right doctrine, right believing. She was the beat me up to fix me up. So I learned my lesson kind of teaching. Don't I believe was it. Like, sorry. We don't receive it and we don't believe it. My head was monkey shaking no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Lisa, but get some get some good teaching in your spirit. We love um, you, Bonnie. We are since it's Thanksgiving, I will say I am thankful for all of our partner and friends because we can only take the gospel around the, the world because again? of my friends and partners. You're reading the paper again? <laughs> Then said, it's really good. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Stop reading the paper. There's this giant paper stuck to the camera in his dad's office, and I'm having you fun keep, reading it all the time. <laughs> we love you guys. I can only take the gospel around the world because of my friends and partners. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd like to no, thank... No, we're thankful for you. And I'd like to thank this microphone for being we so appropriate. for you. And I pray you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we really enjoyed seeing you at the banquet. We're going to do another one of those. It's going to be great. Caitlin Laval jumped on. I don't know if she's been here or if she's late or was doing school with the boys. But Should we send them out with a Christmas tune? You ready for a Christmas? Mackenzie, we love you too. You I ready? love you, Mackenzie. I want you to sing Oh Holy Night. Okay? Oh, I'm going to start you right if here. I can at sing this. one song. You ready? I'll give you your starting note. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> All right. That's not a good note. Oh. That's not a good note. <laughs> Sir, are you ready? <laughs> oh, holy night. No. Mm -mm. Sing it. That's not okay. The stars are brightly <laughs> shining. It is the night of our dear Savior. <laughs> Come on, Ted. You can't give me that song. You have to be like a professional singer to sing that one. Till he appears. I have a new, new thoughts of Dylan since the <laughs> banquet. 
We love you guys. I love Mackenzie. Yes, and Dylan. I'm working on His mother-in-law is a real battle axe. I'm working on Dylan now. (laughs) Sarah Spence, we love you too. Mandalorian sermon last year? What did you do with Mandalorian? I don't know. Did you dress up? Hold your knees. Um, it is. It is a hard song. I'm not going to lie. It is. <laughs> Just let's stretch your hands towards Dylan's mother in law. Hold out that, that one. That's the song that everybody was mad about last know, year so because it was about it. like. Because if people get mad, it's fun to make them matter. Why did they Why were they mad about it? <laughs> then they have to work to walk in love. <laughs> Maybe it's cold outside because it was like. It was like I rape. really can't. Let's stay. <laughs> All right, we've overstayed our welcome. We love you guys. Have a great day. I was thinking we'd leave on a Christmas song, and you're ruining this they moment for me. Ed muted it. We'll see you tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Have a great one. We love you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.